When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, welcome to the Celtics Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tipspy. I'm joined by Dr. Justin Quinn. This episode of the Celtics Lab Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and BetterHelp. You deserve to be happy. It is also brought to you by a 46-25 third quarter in Game 1. That's the story. The Celtics, to quote Joe Mazzulla, ad nauseum, let go of the rope. I don't know if you've listened to the audio yet, but he, he used that adage quite a bit. Dr. Quinn, how are you? Tired of seeing this movie over and over and over again. But uh, I assume most of you are as well. Yeah, so the agenda for today's podcast is not to dwell too long on game one because uh, there's not that much to gleam. It was just a bad basketball game for the Celtics. Instead, we will try to focus our attention on what the Celtics can do better in game two, and then we have a bit of news as well, but um, we can discuss the game a little bit. Uh, I know a lot of people had TNT problems or YouTube TV problems or whatever, and maybe that's for the best, but essentially the Celtics and the Heat played each other even, and the second half of the second quarter, Boston was dramatically the better team, and then the third quarter happened, and again, I'm going to reuse it because Joe Mazzulla, it's really like all he said post-game was the Celtics let go of the rope. They didn't defend. They didn't score. It's fascinating. They, they don't score because they don't defend, but we've already had this podcast. No, um, okay, I disagree. Like, yes, empirically and for so many reasons, that's like a correct basketball read. But one of the reasons that they didn't score is because when you play a zone defense, you have to pass the ball, and the ball has to go on the inside of the three-point line. And that just stopped happening. Marcus Smart had... Because they stopped playing defense, because they got beat a couple times, and they just... Did they just, thing. yeah, Marcus Smart had 10 assists in the first half, which is beautiful. It was beautiful basketball. Ties a career best for assists and a half, and his playoff career high was 12 assists. He only had 11 tonight because he he got banged up. He went up behind uh, the tunnel for a moment. He was so banged up, but it just defaulted into this your turn, my turn crap that we see from them. And against a disciplined zone, let alone like shelf the heat culture crap. A college zone <laughs> can stop a team that doesn't move the ball inside of the three-point line. Um, it, it was an astounding demonstration of how funky the Celtics team got. Uh, Joe Mazzulla was so angry he was throwing clipboards, but nothing seemed to register at one point. Jason Tatum was asked after the game, why does this team get into this funk? And I'm not going to swear because we're on YouTube and we, we want to monetize this thing, but he said, shoot, I don't know. And later he thought about it some more and he said, I don't have an answer. And I don't know. Uh, it's, it's stunning how consistent this team is that every third game, they just stop. They just stop doing the things that lead them to be successful. Um, 
What'd you think of the game? <laughs> well, I mean, I started by locking myself out of the house by forgetting my keys in my wife's car while she was on the other side of Mexico City, which is never an easy thing to solve. Uh, so I missed the first half of the first quarter. That was great. Uh, the game that I did see was exactly what I wanted to see the Celtics play like in the first half. And inexplicably, well, we saw the second half. Uh, they can't do this again if they want to escape this series. They cannot do this again. No, I think that that's I, – I keep going back and forth. Like sometimes when we talk about heat culture, it feels like – like a fabrication, like we're talking about big. It is a fabrication, but all cultures are fabrication. You're speaking to an anthropologist. Yeah. Culture, <laughs> culture are webs of significance we ourselves spin, and right now that web of significance, uh, to loosely quote a famous anthropologist, has entirely engulfed the Boston Celtics. So yeah, no bueno. I was I was just gonna say that uh, maybe the heat thing is in their head, but like yeah, they're. That they were so lucky to play crappy games like this in the first and second round and still win those series. Um, it is worth pointing out, A, because it's historically accurate, and B, because it's fascinating, that tonight Boston lost 123-116 after dropping the third quarter 46-25. to A year ago to the day, the Boston Celtics lost Game 1 at the Eastern Conference Finals to the Miami Heat, 118-107, after a 39-14 Miami third-quarter run. So, first of all, uh, the Matrix is glitching left and right, and they're just like running out of storylines to throw at us. But second of all, this is not the end of the world. It might be maddeningly consistent and something that Celtics fans and players and... Are we pundits? Good enough blog boys, uh, yeah, that, that the whole Celtics diaspora is sick of, but it is not a death sentence. No, now, not at all. This is could, very recoverable. Yeah, it did take seven games and a missed Jimmy Butler three to help the Celtics win that series, but I digress. I suppose let's end our game one discussion on a positive note. What were some of the things that we saw that we liked I'm going to pull open a box score while we do this, so I'm going to ask you to go first. Yeah, it's not a problem, actually, because one thing really stuck in, I mean, that swooping in slam dunk off the Marcus Smart pass that Robert Williams hit near the Mm -hmm. end of the first half, just that kind of aggression that we saw. I mean, he scored 14 points, and I think all of them, if not, or at least most of them, were in the first half. Where did defensive, aggressive Rob go in the second half? I mean, I know where he went. Uh, he went the same place every other Boston Celtic who was on the floor in the second half went. But uh, seeing them get Rob engaged offensively in this game was actually really promising. I'd like to see more of that, but I'd also like to see, to recognize what the game plan is, and I, I just could not in this game. Yeah, it was interesting. The players and the coaches after the game said Miami was more physical and more focused. Um Jalen said sometimes, or no, Marcus said sometimes we get bored of doing the little, little things, which is such an indictment. Um, I actually, I thought Rob, Rob had four offensive rebounds, like off the jump. He was really good. Um, Al Horford was, uh, defensively was really good. It was the wings and the, the guards that were just so slow getting to their spots on defense that really threw things off. And yeah, Rob was great on offense because he disrupted the zone. I like, I know I'm, I sound like a broken record, (laughs) getting the ball inside of his own and passing a lot is really important. And yeah, it's really frustrating that Rob 
final line was 14 points, seven rebounds, four of which were offensive, and most of that came in the first half. Um, the Jays were bad. They were efficient from the field, but it didn't feel that way. They had 10 turnovers together. Um, well, you got to talk about the lack of threes. They actually got outshot by the Heat in three-pointers. And, I mean, it's not like it's surprising. It's an artifact of the bad Missoula ball games. And we got to stop calling them that, too, because it's not Missoula who's causing these problems. Uh, his lack of interventions in this game are rightfully being attacked uh, by fans and analysts both. But so far in this series, uh, the only thing that I think really upset me was the level of unseriousness this team came out with in the second half. Yeah, not for nothing. I mean, this will happen, but they they missed seven free throws and they lost the game by seven points. That also yeah. stinks. Um, well, Bob Myers out in uh, San Francisco. Okay. Let's do this. I said we were going to walk on the sunny side of the street for a little bit, and then we, we stopped. So let me just completely... It's let hard. Me, it's so hard. Let me Al Horford-style call timeout. Mm-hmm. I'm going to... Why are we it. being relaxed in this uh, not a practice? Well, uh, either way, I'm going to pause the action and do an ad read. So timeout to the Celtics Lab podcast. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Whether you want to bet on the Celtics, against the Celtics, you want to bet uh, granular things like Marcus Smart double-doubles, which hit, or overs, which surprise more than 33 uh, pointers in a game, maybe? Yeah, any of any and all of those wonderful things you can think of exists on FanDuel. They've got great promotions. It's safe, it's secure, and you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 and over in select states. It's a first online real money wager only, and $10 deposit is required. Refunds are issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-800-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. GamblingHelpLineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Visit MDGamblingHelp.org in Maryland. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369 for New York. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Okay, Dr. Quinn, let's talk about game two. Let's shelve the obvious adjustments, uh, play defense, and um, hold on to that rope. How's that? Uh, what do you What do you want to see from this team in game two? And, and again, like let's not do this facetiously. Like the obvious answers, uh, I think anyone who watched game one can answer that question more than parenthetically. But what are some more? Give the damn ball. 
just take care of the damn ball. Treat no, it. No, like I'm asking. You can't say things. Like that. <laughs> but that, what do you want me to say at yeah, this point know. of the season? Honestly, the adjustment is stop playing bad. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, yeah, I'm really curious. I mean, it, it's it's a fascinating challenge. So I think the double bigs thing is good because it gives the Celtics real interior presence because Rob and Al can set up at the nail or set up in the post. And that's really important if Miami's going to play his own. However, Rob and Al can't and shouldn't bail out the wings, uh, the corner threes, because that kind of undoes all of the good that they provide on defense. So the things that you give up running the double bigs are a lot of shooting on the wing, which Miami took full advantage of. They shot over 50% from three. Um, but you gain something on offense. Missoula, who seems to favor going small, that's helpful because I think it gives a, a little more speed on the defensive end. And in theory, you can shoot your way out of a zone, but Miami was so aggressive and pushing up on Boston with that zone that they, I mean, that's what Bam Adebayo offers you is that your non-Bam players can push out on the zone. And it just, I don't know, Jason Tatum can get past any of these Miami defenders and he just like, wasn't doing it in the second half. Um, which is to say that, I, I don't know, I, I'll swing it to you. Like, If you're Missoula, do you stick double bigs or predominantly double bigs, or do you favor going small? I would mix up the coverages a little bit more. Uh, I would favor size in this series as much as possible. I'm still confused. I mean, Peyton Pritchard did pretty well for somebody who's basically dusted off after almost no action for, I don't even remember the last time he played. Uh, but Sam Hauser, I think, would have been a good option in this series so far. Uh, we could have seen some Grant Williams in this series uh, to kind of give a different look to the double big uh, approach as well, just to see how those combinations go up. I mean, you could have two shooters on the floor at the same time that way, uh, if you pair him with Al. There's there's definitely little tweaks that he can make, but realistically, uh, I think that's the best thing is that they, they approach this from a more sound fundamental basketball approach of not getting hung up on your feelings, defending as hard as you can, and then just continuing to play basketball the way they know how to play basketball. And I've said this so many times, but it's really the only thing to say. I mean, if you're sick of me saying it, uh, imagine how sick everyone around the Celtics organization and in the Celtics organization is feeling watching the same thing happen again. Uh, there really isn't an obvious thing to do here other than man up and execute at the level you know that you can or go home. Yeah, or I guess stay home. The yeah. Celtics were eight-point favorites tonight. I mean, it, it's a similar thing we saw with Philly. Like, they are dramatically the better team, or at least the... Are they? Um, better teams win. Yeah, I think a good point well argued. I don't know. I, I Like, the timeout thing, like, the, I, I don't know. I'm sure people have seen the clip of Joe Missoula losing his It's court. a thing, but it's not why they lost the game. It's a reason yeah, exactly. to help them lose it, but it's not the cause. Yeah, I, I think... It's, a, it's an obvious thing to point out, the timeout thing. It's it's something that we all talk about. It's something that other coaches do differently. It just fundamentally isn't what's wrong with the Celtics. Uh, if, if it was that easy, then Brad Stevens would still be the coach because this team uh, was inconsistent under Brad Stevens. And under Ime Adoka, as we just talked about, they lost the third quarter of game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, 39-14. to 14. So it's not the timeouts. If, if Joe Mazzulla being animated enough to throw a clipboard at or around his players 
is not enough of a wake-up call. Look, maybe the right timeout stems Miami from getting back-to-back threes like they did, which which was a big thing. But was, it doesn't stop a there, yeah. it doesn't stop a forty-six to twenty-five third quarter run. It just doesn't. It's defense on. does defense. defense does, but the timeout, does, yeah, exactly. The timeout doesn't. If those if they can't recognize, it gives you a moment to say, "Yo, if you guys don't defend, I'm just gonna go book some tickets to Mexico." Well, I mean, Mexico, but you know what I mean. But the, I guess I just. I reject like these aren't high school kids. Like they shouldn't need that intervention. They, I mean, sometimes you do need to say, "Hey, stop playing like assholes." And yeah, that was maybe the whole that might work. But I don't know. I just the, the timeout uh, narrative completely absolves the star players from yeah. responsibility. Uh, look, Jalen, it's it's a dereliction of our duty that we haven't said Jimmy Butler's name yet because Jimmy Butler played like a fucking star. Sorry, oh, he's, No, it's okay. And it's late enough. And yeah, Jimmy Butler came to win. Jimmy Butler's out for revenge. And they were not ready for that. No. The lights, they, they, they didn't turn the lights up any brighter. They were this bright last year. I don't understand. <laughs> we're back to bemoaning. We're supposed to be talking again, too. Okay, once again, here, here, let's see if it works. Let's take a time out. Let's talk about our friends over at BetterHelp. BetterHelp's online service that can pair you with... Uh, therapists in a convenient and flexible manner that could be you know really 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 helpful for people who are seeking uh, not just mental health support but again as, as we've talked about before support and just making a, a positive change in their life so per usual we, we really are happy to support better help but we're happy that they lend us their support and we we think it's something that people should consider giving a try it's entirely online it's de- designed to be convenient flexible and it's suited for your schedule so if you are thinking of giving therapy a try and you want to do so in a low-stakes way that uh, breaks down all the barriers or confusion, BetterHelp might be the service for you. It starts with a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist, and off you go. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash CeltLab today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash CeltLab. All right, Dr. Quinn, let's see if that timeout well, – let's see if we play defense here. Um, let's see if timeouts work. Max Struess was also really good in this game. He hit those back-to-back threes that really, I mean, that was like the, the kill shot way before we knew that it was. And you could just feel the hatred for being cut for Taco <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding about that. No, no, <laughs> He's still I, mad about that. I, I get it. Um, yeah, check this out. Kevin Love, two for three from three. Jimmy Butler, two for four from three. Gabe Vincent, three for five from three. Are you noticing a pattern? Struess, three for five from three. Caleb Martin, three for seven from three. Kyle Lowry, three for five from three. Did I do Jason Tatum? Uh, Jason Tatum was one for three from three. Al Horford was one for five from three. Smart, two for four. Jalen, one for six. Brogdon, two for four. Derek White, three for five. Pritchard, 0 for two. I'm noticing a pattern there. Yeah, look, Boston shot 51, 34, 75. Not very good. Not terrible, but... Not terrible. But Miami shot 54, 51, and 80. Like... I don't know. If this was the Heat Lab podcast, we would be saying Jimmy Butler is a dog and Miami a dog. Miami blitzed the Celtics and they hit their shots. And that's a really commendable effort. I mean, as much as Boston played like absentee dummies, Miami really balled. Like I would I would have weathered it. that onslaught in the first half. Like I I thought the game was over. It was I thought it was like almost apparently so did they. Yeah, thirty six to twenty nine. Second quarter. I mean, even in it, at one point it was an eighteen to five Celtics run, and Miami kind of 
slowed the roll. Which shout out to the maintenance workers doing that job behind you, man. Yeah, no, truly, TD Garden is like a, a miraculous operation. The number of, I mean, we're such a pair of bones operation. It's just you and me and our computers. But like, whether it's media people or concessions or the people who put the court together, there's many hands making lots of work. Uh, it's really fascinating. Um, speaking of which, our podcast video editor Amit is coming down the pipe. Um, Amit, what's up? You're looking good in your little polo right there. He's going to hear this later. Okay, Justin, <laughs> let's let's um, let's give one last thought on what is most important in game two. We'll do a little bit of news, and Mr. T desperately needs to put himself to bed. So, um, what is your? Oh, Doctor Q does too. Um, what are you looking for most in game two? I'm looking for them to play comfortably in the way they enjoy playing basketball, in the way they have found success playing basketball. Uh, just go out there and have fun. And if the heat beat the shit out of you, pardon my language, late in the podcast, I'm in a great mood, uh, then so be it. So be it. If you lose to a team that is more determined than you, even if you do try your best, then there's not much you can do about that. Even if you are, quote, unquote, more talented, let's not all become Grant Williams at the end of the uh, – 2022 NBA Finals, just be beat by the team that wanted it more than you, but just, like, try. Try on defense. Even if you suck, even if you can't hit anything, just try on defense. That has been your key to success. Yeah, this looked a little bit like a team getting punked on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. Um, And they had two big emotional wins against Philly uh, only a few days ago. I mean, I guess it makes sense that they might be a little gassed, but the thing I'm looking forward for is what happens in the second half. At this point, I don't really care what the Celtics do in the first half. Um, they are Jekyll and Hyde enough as a team that they could blow it in the second half or they could completely uh, take over. So I'm going to be watching the first half pretty calmly, I bet, because it's the second half that matters. Yep. Um, there's enough news that we can talk about it, as least of which as much as we are – concerned with the state of the Boston Celtics. It seems like every other franchise is having an existential crisis because there are a lot of really good coaches getting fired and I suppose eventually hired. Any thoughts on this weird coaching carousel? Uh, I'm not the first person to say it, but for lots of reasons, uh, coaching the NBA is a privilege and not a right. And if you don't do the job that is needed to be done, then maybe someone new should do it. I don't want to see Doc Rivers, for example, jump into the next coaching job. I'm sure if, the, if he's offered the Bucks job, he's going to take it. Yeah. But I don't want to see Budenholzer jump to a new job. Nick, there's a good deal with seeing him get another shot someplace because you know he's only really had one, one uh, stop on his, his path so far. But let's, let's give some space for some new people of color, uh, at least in the damn room, and see if we have a new coaching wunderkind out there that has not yet been discovered or given a chance. Yeah, I, I have, I'm, I'm curious about Missoula's approach and if it's like young millennial teaching Gen Z and if there's just like a new guard and the older guard is just like doesn't add up. Um, that said, I, I think Monty Williams got so screwed by. Uh, a hotshot owner who doesn't know what they're doing. 
because um, that is a nice man and a smart man, and I think Monty Williams deserves another shot. Um, I think he does too, but I mean, new owner usually brings in their own people at some point, and yeah, it was, he, he would have found an excuse anyway. So I'm not surprised, even if I agree with you. Yeah, um, it's going to be a, the Celtics yet uh, haven't given me reason to think that they're going to do anything crazy in the offseason, but no, just, about every, just about every other team in the NBA might because uh, some stu- some teams that are desperate are going to make some desperate plays and some teams that are smart are going to get their hands on some good players and there's going to be a lot of coach turnover and I'm excited to see what happens, but I I hope we're not really focused on the offseason for a little while longer. Um, just in the interest of, of a few things, um, Adam Himmelsbeck had that great story about Jason Tatum giving the game ball to a young cancer survivor. I can't recommend that story more highly. Sports are so dumb, and then sometimes they're not at all, and that was one of those moments. Um, I also, less significantly less important, Jason Tatum invested in pickleball. Good luck with that. <laughs> he's, got, he's dividing his attention! I no, I just... I mean, I think it's just more I hate fads with a waste of money. I mean, it's pretty popular. It could become its own. Anyway. Sure. Ben Sullivan, one of Boston's top and more seasoned assistant coaches, may be courted by Ime Doka. That is actually something to keep an eye on, but again, not a today problem. Anything else on our news rundown that you want to get to? Uh, just that they are, Celtics are reportedly monitoring uh, both Steven Silas, uh, which we were speculating about on previous episodes, and Frank Vogel for assistant jobs, which I think if they do not get hired, which is what they are waiting for, uh, those would be some excellent additions. And I'm sure that they would call out the timeout in exactly the right moment, and we would all be very happy. I'm being facetious. No, I got that. Thanks. Um I'm out. I'm out of gas. I, Miami zone has worn me down as well. Um, top to bottom, man, Eric Spolstra gives such a great presser. Uh, what a, what a thrill. Um, I meant to plug this at the top, but if you're still listening, please like and subscribe to our podcast. Please give us a rating. It helps us a lot, but otherwise either you watched the game or you didn't. I think you got the gist of it. Miami played a way better game than Boston and we are on to the next one. So, this episode of the Celtics Lab podcast was brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CNS Media Network and BetterHelp. You deserve to be happy. Justin, I sent you audio of the post-game uh, press conferences. I hope you have fun with that. Amit, I hope you have fun editing this podcast. And I'll catch you all later. Adios.